1: Hello, Solar System. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. My name is Carl Jensen, and I'm here with...
0: I'm Doug Cunnington. And today, we are taking a look at something that um, you may not be familiar with. I was only exposed to this idea of a maximizer or a satisficer in the last five years or so. And we're going to dig into how Carl and I view that uh, in how we think of ourselves, if we're maximizers or satisficers or somewhere in between, which I believe most people are. And we'll also tell you what the heck a satisficer is, because I think that's kind of um, a word that people don't run into very often. In fact, Carl, when you were looking at the notes, you were like, dude, did you misspell this? Uh, Did we got to proofread this stuff? So I'll tell you real quick that the word satisfying and satisfying Satisficing Or am I mixing this up Satisfying and satisficing I am mixing it up Sufficing Sufficing and satisfice. (laughs) 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 Who's on first man (laughs) This is a good one (laughs) Who wrote this shit (laughs) This this was me And uh, the thing that I'm quoting here is uh, By a Nobel Prize winner So uh, any mispronunciation Was uh, that's on me So I'm, I'm sorry about that I'm going to kick it over to Carl to generally give us the definition, which is in that first paragraph there.
1: Okay, so let's see. As psychology researchers have studied how people make decisions and concluded there are two basic styles. The first one is maximizers. Maximizers like to take their time and weigh a wide range of options, sometimes every possible one before choosing a satisficer again that's the correct word not satisfier satisficer would rather be fast than thorough they prefer a quick they prefer to quickly choose the option that lifts that fits the minimum criteria the word satisfice combines the word satisfy and suffice
0: you did a fine job reading that i'm not sure what happened to me earlier but uh, what do you think where do you think you fit on the spectrum? Are you a maximizer or a satisficer?
1: I am definitely a maximizer, trying to be more of a satisficer.
0: Okay. And did you were you familiar with some of these ideas, or when did you become aware that you really maybe over-optimize? And you, you didn't say that, but a lot of times maximizing is over-optimizing, At at times. So when did you realize it?
1: Yeah, I think I realized it a couple years ago when I was searching for either a hotel or a rental car, and I spent like an hour on all these stupid sites. I think it was for a rental car, so I went to AutoSlash, which is a pretty great site, but then I went to PriceLine, and then I went to some other site. I went to the Costco Travel site, and I even asked Twitter what I should use to find a cheap car. And after an hour of this, I'm like, "What the fuck have you been doing? You've saved like..." a hundred bucks, your time is worth way more than this. You could have been outside, you could have been exercising and you spent your time on this crap. But then the thing I did, like the next week is gone and see if I could have gotten a better price. So I'm like, this is a complete waste of time. And that's why I said I need to be more of a satisficer. And that's one of the luxuries of Fi.
0: And we actually had a an example, which we'll put links so people can explore this a little bit further. But I don't even think I need to read the example because you literally just described it. And one of the key things that you mentioned there was after you tried to maximize and get a good deal and and you really explored your decision making, you went back and you were like living in the past. Think I mean, there's only a downside to that pretty much. So. You might find that you could have gotten a better deal, which is what you were looking for, right? Yes. And then you would just be disappointed with the decision that you made, that you already said that you wasted a lot of time on. So it just compounds that whole situation.
1: And it would have also reinforced that behavior if I would have gotten a better deal. at Any time in the future, I would have been like, "Ah, shit, you better go back and check it."
0: It's um, it's something else, and I'll I'll uh, tie in a story of mine. So I'm on the certainly the Pfizer side of the whole equation here. And I think I used to be more on the optimization side, maybe uh, definitely around the college timeframe. I was definitely trying to optimize things a lot more, but very recently I'm, I'm pumped. I'm going to be talking at Camp Fi Southeast in just a couple of weeks. And all this sort of came together a little bit. Uh, not, not late, but very quickly came together quickly. I needed to book a flight and I also realized that I'm going to be taking a few flights this year. So I thought I'm going to get a credit card with the airline. So I did that, but it took a couple days to get to me. That said, I'm booking the flight about three weeks out, kind of expensive to book at that time. Cause that's when everyone's doing it, the supply, the seats are down. So I'm paying a lot for the flight that I'm taking. I think I'm paying like 640 just for the flight and I'm renting a car and that's like over 500 bucks. And I'm like, I greatly underestimated how much this was gonna cost. And you can fly a lot of places from Denver for $640. And I was like, I don't know if it's spring break or something like that, but it was just more expensive And the thing is I could have, there's several airports I could fly into. I can maybe fly into Atlanta, which is a much longer drive, but I have family in Atlanta. So there's all these options that I could have explored. But instead I was like, that's the flight I want. And you know what? I'm gonna pay a little bit more this time and it's gonna be fine. And I bought it and then I'm not going to look again to see if there's cheaper flights. And I'm just like, I'm just going to be wasteful in this instance. So I'm far on the other side, especially in this. I mean, I had no choice. I could have maybe taken a red eye or some super inconvenient flight to save 80 bucks or something. So any thoughts on that, especially the cost?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it seems like this might be a a reflection of values. If you were in college making minimum wage, that cost would be super important to you, you'd probably, you might deal with two stopovers, which I actually did on the way to the same Camp FI a couple years ago to uh, lots of angst and uh, angry words from Mindy. So I did the exact opposite of you. But after a while, I think it's okay to change. I've, I've got enough. I, I worked hard for this money. I can, now I value my time more. I don't need to worry so much about money. I'm not that college student making minimum wage spending an extra 300 bucks on a plane ticket, although it still hurts a little bit. I cringed a little bit when you said that. Uh, your time and is more valuable to you now, whereas in college, it wouldn't because you would have spent a lot of a lot more time to make the money. So I guess it all comes back to time, if you look at it that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I cringed when I was telling that story, too, because it's definitely more than I was expecting, and then I checked some flights to other places, and I, I was... I was blown away. I was like, man, I, I did not expect it to be that much. Maybe that's why Steven needed to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, I, I will say that most
1: camp FIs, I, I don't think you're on social media, but I can look for you if you want. They usually have carpools from the airport. So one victim will will rent the car and take that hit. And then like five other people will be like, hey, I'd like a ride with you. And yeah, then you get a whole
0: carload of people. So. I'm visiting family too. So I'm doing like a side trip. Okay. so Or... I'm the sucker who rented the car, so we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. It'll be great. I mean, it, it's totally fine. But okay, so I'm I'm on the other end. That was certainly an anomaly. Typically, I would have been a little bit more flexible and not gone after uh, potentially whatever the most expensive weekend is to fly to Orlando from Denver. I found it apparently, um, but that's cool. It's going to be a blast. I'm very excited to be there. So. Let's talk about the, the maximizer side and maybe how it impacts your stress or happiness or brain space uh, or, or otherwise. And, and Carl, you alluded to, you're, you're trying to shift a little bit. So was there anything you noticed specifically where you're like, oh man, I kind of want I want to relax a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think pivoting towards, I think there's definitely a place in life where having maximizer behavior can be useful. But I think in most cases, you only have so many hours in the day, and it's so silly to waste your valuable time. Like now, I would never want to be... It's got a beautiful day here after a very short cold spell. It's been just miserable here. So I want to be outside. I don't want to be trying to save $100. But like I said, I think there's a balance too. I think both these behaviors have their place.
0: Very good. Yeah, I think so. And I'm curious, are, are there... Well, I'll answer this first since I've just been firing questions at you, but it's a spectrum, right? Most of the time people are not all one or the other. So I'm thinking of myself in areas where I'm more of a maximizer and I'll do a lot more research and really kind of dive in. And that is with usually technology devices. So it could be a camera. I'm gesturing to the camera that's recording us right now, or maybe a laptop. So I think you and I have old laptops and I've been browsing around at some of the newer ones and trying to understand what's going on with them. Part of it is I enjoy the technology portion. And then the other is, you know, we keep laptops or cameras for a very long time. And I wanna make sure that if I'm gonna keep something for like eight or 10 years, that I'm choosing the best one that I can at the time, or at least I know the trade-off. So I'll spend a lot of time investigating just early on to make sure I have a pretty good understanding. So that's somewhere where I dive in or uh, more more recently guitars. So I'll do like a bunch of research on guitars. It's kind of fun. and typically it's things that I enjoy. So that's an area I dive in.
1: Yeah, I think you hit had, had something pretty important there and it's the amount of time other examples I think where a maximizer behavior could be useful is like your diet or maybe exercise because, you should go in depth and really learn how to eat healthy and learn how to exercise for your body type. But after that, that's going to pay dividends for a long, long time. And you're not going to have to pay attention. On the other hand, if you're trying to count calories and Think about it. every single meal. Maybe you're wasting a little too much mental bandwidth on that, and you should err towards being more of a satisficer, right? Look at that word. It kind of sounds like a death metal band, like the satisficers. They're going to kill a goat <laughs> on stage or some shit.
0: <laughs> I'd see them. Yeah, I'd, I'd check that out. Well, are there some areas, Carl, where you are a satisficer? <sighs> hmm.
1: I'm rereading the definition here. So Satisficer would rather be fast than thorough. Yeah. Besides the travel ones we talked about, I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, maybe it's a reflection on me that I can't think of anything. You go first, Doug, and then I'll see if I can come up with something.
0: Well, for me, a lot of times I, I default to that area. But one spot where I have shifted is ordering food. So we don't eat out super often, but nowadays I will order what I want. Food's very important to me and I like eating and think about it all the time and talk about food all the time. And I love cooking. So if I'm thinking, Hey, I'll, I'll, I maybe want to throw cheese or bacon on top of whatever it is, which is a typical add-on for me. I'm like, Hey, let's get some cheese, bacon, throw some avocado on there, whatever it is. I, I mean, it's gonna make it better most of the time, so I will typically get the add-on. And back in the day, I would try to maximize and I would think a little bit more about about it and maybe like try to optimize that ordering. Versus now, I'm like, oh, I'll just pay the extra few bucks. Or we we went to Denver recently, and uh, those add-ons are pretty expensive. You're paying like you know for a quarter slice of avocado, it's like three fifty or something. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> how much it cost but it's good it's worth it yeah you know?
1: yeah i agree and now i have one and it's any thing that involves like a smaller amount of money i don't like people who shop for gas like what the hell why are you wasting your time with this it's like a nickel cheaper you're going to save like 50 cents here's a thing like take your bike instead and then you'll be at 100 percent savings but yeah any small dollar amount it's not worth spending money like uh, i used to look at the Ounces, the price per ounce at the grocery store, and I don't do much of that anymore. Um, Yeah, it's just I'd rather use my brain to do other things.
0: Yeah, you know what? I do that, though. At the grocery store, I'm like, oh, I should get the slightly bigger package because it's like one cent cheaper per ounce or something like that. I I do that almost every time I go to the store.
1: You know what? Sometimes it's super obvious. Like the one that costs twice as much is like 10% more or whatever. Then it's like, what the hell? Of course I'm buying the big one. As long as you use it all, don't throw it
0: out. Yeah. And I think both of us, we shop at like Sam's or Costco pretty often. So we're usually getting the big thing. And one luxury at those uh, places, they usually don't have very many options, which then you're like, um, if I'm getting that, I'm getting that one thing and it's like a three-year supply of like uh, oatmeal or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on maximizing or satisficing?
1: I think both of these can be effective. I think the whole maximizer personality type is probably what most people in the FI community have because we think about our life and we think of how to maximize the resources and be efficient. But after a while, I think it's okay to let that pivot and let it rip a little bit. I I told you a story a couple months ago about how I got to, you know, this still makes me cringe a little bit, which proves I'm still not, I still have work to do, Doug. I spent like $14 on the beer at the airport, but it was beautiful. It was Long Beach. It was outside. It was the middle of, it was not good weather here. Oh, it was so good. And I still cringe a little bit about the $14, but what the fuck? It's not going to screw up anything in my life. And I have fond memories of it apparently. So maybe it was worth more than 14
0: Yeah. That's not bad. Well, and that's one area that we probably should dive just a touch more into. So with the impacts phi and being a maximizer. And it, I think you're right. A lot of people that are really deep into the spreadsheets are like, oh, if we do this and do that, they may be perhaps, right? Everyone's different, but they may be taking it a little too far. And if they maybe weren't as aggressive, uh, you tell your story often where you were trying to retire as quickly as possible, right? 1500 days just kind of cemented into your online existence. But, you could have maybe stretched it out, taking your time and not been as stressed out overall, but you were trying to maximize. So I think you can go a little too far with it. And certainly there's a balance that everyone needs to figure out what works for them and what works for their family and friends and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Is there a word, like you never hear people talk about spreadsheets more than in the FI community. Like, I swear you could be talking about like, what's the stupidest thing. Like, Cucumbers. Oh, I've got a spreadsheet for that. Like, what? Asparagus, man. Probably. uh, (laughs) Do you have spreadsheets, Doug? How many do you have or update on a daily basis?
0: None on a daily basis. Uh, I think we have a couple spreadsheets. But, yeah, we're in there maybe... I think maybe Elizabeth is in there once a month or so. And then I'll hop in maybe once a quarter, but more likely twice a year. Something like that. So I'm not... I'm not too into it. Directionally, it's fine. And I used to look a little bit more, but we're kind of in a coasting phase where as long as you know, no weird things happen, it's just uh, business as usual. So how many spreadsheets do you have?
1: I have multiple. I have one to keep track of all our solar input and output from the, the solar panels we have in our house. And that one's kind of It's for my own entertainment. That's fun, yeah. Yeah, it's fun for some people. I have one where I keep track of my body statistics every morning. I get on my scale naked, and it tracks my BMI. BMI is a shitty number. We can talk about that some other time. But supposedly it tracks my fat percentage, my weight, all that type of stuff. And then we have one for our budget. Every time we spend something, we make an entry into that one. So two that I update daily, the body one and our finances, then, then the solar one, which I, it's not every day, but close.
0: And just side note, um, what's your fat percentage now that you've lost a few pounds?
1: You know, I want to blame the scale and, and say it's not accurate, but it hasn't really changed. It's been about 20% the whole time. And I'm not sure why that is. I, I could see I'm looking a little bit thinner, so I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm, I've only got, I've only had the scale for like 10 days, so... And I know these things aren't super accurate, so I'm looking more for long-term trends than one week or 10 days.
0: That's what I think about those two. I mean, uh, directionally, it probably gives you an idea, especially long-term. So, yeah, uh, sometimes my fat percentage will, like, jump depending on what time of day it is or how much water I had beforehand. And Do you weigh yourself before you go to the bathroom or after?
1: I do it first thing in the morning, and most of the time I go to the bathroom after, but sometimes you wake up and you got to go. So, And I know that's an anomaly because, <laughs> yeah, you could lose a couple pounds after a uh, after an enthusiastic morning VM. But, yeah, usually I try to do it before. Keep I think, and that's what I've read about these kind of skills, you want to be as consistent as possible. I do it at the exact same time every day. And if you're going to do your business, try to do it. Be consistent with that, too, as far as your weigh-in.
0: Yeah. I think that's another data point uh, to add into your spreadsheet. Just so a little delta to see. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody followed along with that. Okay. Cool. Well, that would be a great way to to maximize that. And we have a side story here. So Carl um showed up today, and I have a little scratch on my nose.
1: Yeah. If you're not watching on YouTube, today would be the day to tune in. The first thing I thought when I saw Doug is, oh, my God, like... A a bar fight. He went to one of the less reputable establishments in Longmont, maybe Threes, and got into a a scrape. But apparently that's not the case.
0: No, it's a very dumb story. So I told Carl just enough so that he wouldn't be too concerned. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell this embarrassing, dumb fucking story about myself to let everyone know. You know, it's not an Instagram life here. Sometimes I do really dumb shit. So... I had. Um, I'll tell the long version too because we got time, right? So, basically, I have uh, kind of bad skin. So pretty oily. I had a lot of acne when I was a kid, um, and it. I, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm an oily person. So I had a, a pore on my nose that was sort of clogged up, and it's a little, little bit more oily. And um, I, I'm not going to be too graphic here. I mean, it wasn't getting out of control or anything, but. I was uh, trying to exfoliate my face, right? So have you ever exfoliated?
1: No, does this have anything to do with that other thing you told me about that you scrub yourself in the shower with or is that a different?
0: It's a different thing. This is much dumber, all right? So again, I know how, and I wanna tell this story just to illustrate that I don't have my shit together, just like everybody else. We're all just train wrecks. So, okay, so I'm trying to exfoliate my nose and I have uh, like some, uh, baking soda. Yeah, some baking soda that is a, it's a little abrasive and you could use it to like wash your face and do a little light exfoliating. A lot of the ladies out there know what I'm talking about here. You should exfoliate. It's great for your skin. But don't do what I did. So I, I was working on this pore, and then I thought, you know what? It's really not, it's not working. It's not abrasive enough. So what we have is sort of like a, a abrasive file that you use to like scrape your heel You know, have you, do you know what these tools are? Yeah, I do
1: know. I've seen the, uh, the females in my house use that thing. I I, I do know.
0: Well, you don't just have to be a female to use those and, um, but a tip, you should only use them on your feet. So on this particular little uh, abrasive board, there's a very rough side and there's a side that's, you know, it's maybe like 60 grit and then, or, or sorry, maybe it's like 120 grit and the other side's like 60 grit. If you're thinking of sandpaper. And it is like sandpaper, man. So I I was like, I wanna, I just wanna scrub it a little bit more. So I picked up that file and I ran it on my nose a couple times and it turned kind of red, you know, it didn't seem too bad. And then the, the next day there was a scab there and uh, it only took about 10 minutes, like five minutes after I got out of the shower, I was like, I've made a huge mistake. This is, uh, this is bad. Next couple hours, not too bad. We actually saw our friends, uh, Amber Lee, and Vivi, and uh, they were like, oh, it's not too bad. They were just being nice, I think, and then the next day, the scab showed up, and it's right on my nose, and there's nothing I can do about it. I just look like a fucking idiot.
1: (laughs) It is super obvious. It's too bad that the mask mandate was just rescinded. Like, you would have been, you could have just had a mask on the whole time and said, hey, I'm trying to be super careful, COVID, blah, 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 and then a week later, yeah, I don't care anymore. Rip that sucker off. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. And, you know, technically I probably could still wear a mask and people would just think, ah, he's just being safe. But yeah, I do, uh, I do dumb stuff and, A lot of times they will try to own up to it. And it's weird because like a lot of people listen to the show and they they watch me on YouTube pretty often. So this is a very prominent thing. Again, right on the tip of my nose. There's nothing I could do about it. So I just have to own it. And I'm telling the story. So other people, I mean, I don't think anyone has this exact story where you use a foot file on your nose and then have a scab on your face. It's pretty dumb.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Was it like a used foot file? Foot file? Like do you have like foot? gunk in your nose now or
0: it, it was a useful I mean I cleaned the the foot file right and then I cleaned my nose really good too but uh I mean yeah the fact is there's foot germs in my nose now
1: there's a very fine line like maybe one less rub and this would have gone perfect and you would have gotten that thing out and the exfoliation procedure would have been great but you just took it too far
0: i tried to maximize the whole thing to tie it back. Yeah, so any other thoughts? Do you have tips on uh, your skincare routine? What do you do? Mm, You look so young.
1: Yeah, I, I take a shower. I try to do that at least once a day. Um, I was thinking when you were telling this story about the scene from Dumb and Dumber where they've got the fingernails and they come with the grinder. <laughs> you can you can get a sandpaper grinder for your face. No, Doug, I don't recommend this. If you would have done that, you would have looked like Voldemort from the Harry Potter series, where he's like a snake and doesn't have a nose at all. Yeah. So, don't yeah. do that. But yeah, I I just have a big pump of body wash and I coat myself with that, and that's pretty much it for me.
0: Okay, that's usually what I do. I need to get any. Any abrasives, they need to be out of the shower. I can't be trusted. (laughs) I think that's a good spot to end anything else, Carl. That's all. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five. And uh, actually, we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, And that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week.